0: If 99% of the people that got on motorcycles died, Grandpa, why would the government allow people to have motorcycles? And he says, they do it to get rid of the stupids. This is We Have Concerns. (laughs) Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. Speaking of the stupids. Anthony, it's that time again. Oh, my
1: stars. It's pumpkin spice season. Well, yes, but also... It's our annual celebration here. at We have concerns. The annual awarding of the Ig Nobel prizes. Ah, uh,
0: a beautiful time of year. A time of year when when children, uh, when children hang up their stockings and hope to get just weird but peer-reviewed knowledge <laughs> delivered Indeed. to them by uh, by a str- by a strange lab
1: assistant who comes through the lab chimney at night. Who- Sneaks into your house under the cover of test tubes and uh, deposits uh, knowledge into your stocking, which you can then read and enjoy. Don't uh, leave him
0: cookies. Al- leave him a sandwich
1: or a gift card. <laughs> they don't get paid very much. No, no. In fact, uh, the the best kids will, will leave little grant applications. <laughs> Pre-filled. Yeah. Pre-filled. Fill out the, the grant application for the... Scientist who comes in the night. That stuff takes um, so long, and they really appreciate it. They sure do. Uh, this uh, way back in 1991, the first Ig Nobel prizes were awarded. This is a uh, obviously a parody of Nobel prizes, but but taken very seriously. Uh, they uh, they are quote achievements that first make people laugh and then make them think, which I think you know. Could be a uh, motto for our show as well. We mm-hmm. like we like to try. Um, so, uh, for a number of years now, and uh, we have concerns. We have done an episode about the Ig Nobel Prizes because it very much is in sync with our motto here and our uh, our our purpose and our, and and you know our sensibilities. We enjoy these; these are well thought out. They are uh, they are always entertaining. So, we're going to devote this episode to talking about the twenty twenty two. Big Nobel Prizes. Are you ready, Anthony? I'm so ready, Jeff. Let's start with art history. The Art History Prize this year was awarded to Peter DeSmet and Nicholas Helmuth for their study uh, entitled, A Multidisciplinary Approach to Ritual Enema Scenes on Ancient Mayan Pottery. Is
0: it like, <laughs> this is like, this is like, this is like closing time at the bar and somebody asked you if they want to come, if you want to come back to their place to see like their collection of like, of like s- s- sexy illustrations, you know, <laughs> I, have, yeah. I have, I have, I yeah. have classic the, raunchy from, art from the 1400s. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. A multidisciplinary yeah, so, approach right. to uh, multidisciplinary, not, a, not, we're not close minded enough to just use a single no. discipline. And oh, wait! Wait until you hear what the disciplines they we've got. We've got to come uh, at
0: artwork of Mayan ritual enemas from yeah. every every angle. I mean, obviously, the enema only yeah. needs to come from one angle and should
1: <laughs> exactly got to be very but careful. But the about study that. of them, we
0: really need to th- multiple <laughs> angles,
1: all, all really
0: references. take it all in. Um, which is what they, which is what they so say to you right a-
1: before you get an enema. Right, take it all in. Just uh, take it all in. So uh, this, study, uh, this study focuses on the polychrome pottery of the late classic Mayan period, which of course is 600 to 900 CE. Um, uh, these, these pieces of pottery uh, often depict hunting parties, dances, ball games, human sacrifice, which is almost, almost exclusively beheading. Wow. Decapitation. Super fun stuff. The Mayans were, were great about sweet-ass pottery. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to have a bowl to put your yeah. soup in, might as well celebrate some decapitation games. I mean, look, right?
0: it's like I'd drink out of a Star Wars glass. You know what I mean? Or like, you probably <laughs> exactly. have like a yeah. local football team mug that you like.
1: Indeed. Same, same, exactly the same thing. But in 1977... There was a particular Mayan jar that was discovered that depicts the administration of an enema. Which, uh... And then they found more. So, they found... This is not just a single one-off, uh, pot or vase. They found several depictions of Mayan enemas. So, evidently, Mayans uh, administered medicinal enemas. So I'm looking
0: at this right now, and I'm
1: looking at the uh, the polychrome bowl, right? Um, Yeah, there it is, and
0: it looks like what you would expect if you've ever seen like Mayan artwork before. It has that style to it, that look to it. We're looking at like animal-human hybrids, uh, kind of, and there's um, yeah, it, it, it looks like if you go if you go and you look at there's a monkey that's holding an enema syringe on the right-hand side yeah. of the bowl. Like he's about to give a monkey, like the monkey is about to give an enema to this fish person. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. no, this person is yeah. already self-administering an enema. Look at that. There you go. Look Where's that, that monkey going with that enema? Well,
1: what what Dismet De- and Helmuth uh, realized with their analysis of the uh, iconography on these, on these pots... Uh, was that not only were these medicinal enemas, and as you may have uh, gathered from the self-administering part, uh, some of the pottery scenes suggested that these were intoxicating Yo, enemas. Did the Mayans sort of recre- invent butt chugging? <laughs> yes. Yes. Ritualistic. Butt is this chugging Mayan fraternity talking here? <laughs> this is. This is- this is uh Alpha Kappa in is it this is uh Maya Alpha beta is what this is these guys uh, f- discovered that uh, this doesn't seem to have just been a depiction it, if you're gonna put stuff on your pot you don't want to put just you know my medical exam on your pot you're gonna put like the sweetest party right, you've ever been to, right right this is
0: like a this is like a everybody at the camp at Burning Man got to go home with like a shirt and a mug. <laughs> or something to commemorate what happened. Right.
1: Yeah, this is the, you know, if I'm gonna drink out of this or I'm gonna put some sweet flowers in my vase, I don't wanna be reminded of the day that I had to get a rectal exam. I'm gonna be reminded of the day that I got to have a rectal party. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And you know what,
0: that's an example of how positive mental attitude can change anything, Jeff. The next time (laughs) you need to go in for a colorectal exam, think of it as uh, I've been invited to a colorectal party.
1: Uh, that that is a, a good way to so, okay. you know make a make a real lemonade. so the Mayans lemons. so um, the
0: Mayans uh they were using what kind of stuff were they butt chugging
1: well all kinds of crazy stuff uh evidently tobacco oh, don't do that uh psilocybin mushrooms okay. uh you know alcohol sure. um and here is where we get to the best part and probably what elevated this to an Ig Nobel prize-winning study and that part is the multidisciplinary yes aspect because Desmet no. dismet De no. decided how can one truly understand what the Mayans he went gentleman science were going he through. went gentleman science on he it he went full gentleman science Anthony. Decided to do self administered research by uh, attempting to recreate the circumstances and to, to be able to give a firsthand account of what the Mayans must have gone, yes, been going yes, for. This
0: is for academia. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes.
1: He tested the efficacy of a couple of the suspected substances by administering enemas on himself. I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, this guy's a party. Smet drank he drank uh, an alcoholic concoction for comparison. he drank one and then he butt chugged one to do the one you know the real one to one comparison to mm. see which was more effective right
0: I think the best way to test whether both- uh, whether psychotropic substances are working on on you is to is to also be the person who is uh, watching the test. And, and recording yeah. the data uh, there's no more scientific <laughs> person to record yeah. the effects of a drug than the person who's on the drug
1: <laughs> i do like the study are you? Eh, not that high really <laughs> really <laughs> the study is cited as having two authors but helmuth is nowhere to be seen during this section helmuth went home <laughs> Helmuth went home.
0: Helmuth was like, "Dude, I'm clocking out." It's like, "Hey, man, are you gonna? Are we butt chugging this or what?" It's like, "No,
1: that's that's <laughs> no. not an important part I of this." Studied, I studied the the pottery, yeah. man. I I looked at the pottery. We wrote down, we deciphered the glyphs. We, you know, we wrote down all. I'm done. We like, let's turn it in.
0: Okay, but like, how do we know that they use that stuff? unless we test well, it. Well,
1: they drew pictures of it, man. It's, it's not. Nah, right no, but like, but here. like,
0: uh, this is a pottery so old and it's like, oh, is that a picture of, is that a picture of, uh, of, of tobacco or is Wait. that a picture of like psilocybin cyto- mushrooms? We got to know, right? And like, who even knows what it's like? There's probably no science about what happens if you put silo cy- mushrooms up
1: your butt. I got a delivery uh, here for some, uh, tubing. Yeah. Oh. Oh, dismat! Did you order... Did you yeah, order... it from Tube Mart.
0: <laughs> That's why he said I've got some tubing. That's all he ever has.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I got it from Tube Mart. Now, I got multiple diameters, and you just tell me when you feel like you're getting uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable well, now. Wait until five minutes from now. Think of it as being invited to a colorectal party. Like, like the, the minds uh um, this but what I think is funny so he, no, but so what said, I think is funny about this jeff what listen okay. to me very carefully yeah. we think they did this i'm going to do this it doesn't prove that yeah. they did it Correct. it proves nothing. this is
1: ancillary to the study it's almost it's almost tan, barely tangentially related is what this is this is an experience that you're doing that was suggested by something that you inferred from an image that's right. really old. But knowing, he just wanted to know if it worked. Yeah, I that guess. has
0: nothing to do with it. I can't believe it was included in the findings. You keep that to yourself, bro.
1: So he did, both of his alcoholic concoctions were about 5% alcoholic mm-hmm. content. He said, since, quote, Alcoholic content of twenty percent is quite irritating to the rectal sure. tissue. All right. So Do they think they were the doing twenty percent. I think that's what they thought. Like, you know, there's some real, you know, some mines real went, uh, moonshine. Mines went shit, hard. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, intoxication levels were measured with a breathalyzer, and then uh, this is my favorite quote. <laughs> this is my favorite quote from this entire <laughs> thing. Is quote the results certainly support the theoretical suggestion that alcohol is absorbed well from an enema <laughs> certainly it certainly supports it and by the evidence supports
0: it it means i had to bail DeSmet out of jail
1: the next day yeah wow yeah so he declined to self administer the tobacco yeah that sounds enema, that sounds just dangerous evidence. and bad yeah it's super toxic he uh, did. He did personally test. Oh no, no. He did not personally test psilocybin, uh, fly agaric, water lily. He didn't try. Uh, he didn't try toad poison. Uh, but he did do an enema of DMT. Whoa. <laughs>
0: Whoa. Okay. Okay. This is a this is a real bro. Yeah. We got a real bro on our hands here. <laughs>
1: He said uh, he found quote no discernible effect from the DMT enema.
0: He told that to the uh, to the floating head of God.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's (laughs) and all of the officers present.
0: Uh, Yeah, the authors recommended further research to expand the sample size and (laughs) dose range, buddy. Yeah, I'm only getting started here, pal. (laughs) Dismet out. Dismet, like, when, <laughs> what I what I picture is I picture, like, I picture, like, Helmuth is just the one who writes the paper and, Smet, like, he's translating for Dismet. And Dismet is just like, yeah. yo, this fucking, this fucking rips. We got to throw a party with this shit. Uh, <laughs> we recommend expanding the sample size and dose range.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly yeah. what I said. <laughs> This is a real Wozniak and, and job, situa- uh, job yeah. situation, don't you think? Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. There's a reason we're not hearing it all from Helmuth. Helmuth has got probably like a real study that he's working on.
1: <laughs> Helmuth, yeah. is gonna- uh, Helmuth is probably going to be like at the super Nobel Prize,
0: that- right? Like it's, it's yeah. like when an actor, it's like when a really famous actor, like really brilliant actor does like dumb shit for their friend's TV show. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: It's like when. Yeah. No, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say it's when a, a, a really uh, famous actor does an autobiography and then you see like way at the bottom in fine print, like written yeah. by, you know, it's like, it wasn't an autobiography. They like yeah. sat in a room and told in some stories my own and then the works, person wrote a book. As interpreted <laughs> <Yeah>. by. <laughs> anyway, that is your art history prize. I love it. Prize, Nobel prize. We got, we got lots more to get to here. Uh, Here's uh, this was an interesting one. I think you'll enjoy. uh, It's the applied cardiology prize. Uh, This goes to uh, a bunch of people whose names I will not be able to pronounce, but uh, several, several uh, distinguished recipients. Uh, And this is about how uh, trying to find evidence that when new romantic partners meet for the first time and are attracted to one another. Their heart rates synchronize. Oh, How beautiful is neat. that?
0: Yeah, I like
1: that. So is here's that what they did.
0: did we hear that that is that? Well, I mean, they're trying to figure out if that's a thing.
1: They're trying but to I find mean, out if it's a I thing. But I mean, socially,
0: yeah. is that like a is that like an accepted thing, or is that a thing people believe?
1: Or I had never heard that before. I I know that if you supposedly lie in an embrace with someone, that your heart rates and breathing patterns will supposedly yes, synchronize. That I've heard. Uh, but I, but I, I hadn't heard the, like, literally just make eye contact and fall in love and then your heart rate synchronized. But that's what they set out to, oh, to find out. To well, I like this one. Uh, this is, uh, they recruited 140 mm-hmm. participants, 71 pairs. I guess it would be 142 if it was 71, but okay. Uh, at three separate events in the Netherlands. A music festival, an arts and science festival, and a science film okay. festival.
0: First of all, <laughs> I hate where you're going with this because I'm three steps ahead of you. <laughs> but second of all, this we talk about the Ig Nobel Prizes sometimes, and I talk about uh, how sometimes their methodology to me feels like uh, elementary school or junior high science fair experiments. <laughs> yes, and I, and yes. I think the, the example yeah. that I usually use is, is hot bat, cold bat. If Uh you hit a baseball with a hot bat versus a cold bat, does the baseball go farther? And of course, what did I do? I hit a baseball with a hot bat and a cold bat 10 times and I measured, but I didn't, like, it's not like I had a machine that was swinging the bat at the same angle, at the same speed. Like I was doing the the experiment the way a kid would, right? You're telling me they're just going to go into public Uh Uh and just have two people look at each other and then see if their heart rates
1: match up. Yep, yep. Uh the way they describe it is they wanted to quote conduct their study outside the confines of the laboratory. Oh, we wanted to go to we so wanted we to went go to, Coachella. to a sick music festival. <laughs> we went to a sick music festival. We went to this killer film mm-hmm. festival and we went to this art We show. never get out of the lab. <laughs> <And> <laughs> they built what they call a dating mm. cabin. Is that what the police call it? <laughs> where, <laughs> where two people sit on opposite ends of a table that has a plastic divider mm. between them that a partition that prevents, you know, you from seeing the person okay. opposite you. And then that barrier opens for three seconds to give you a visual first okay. impression. Okay. And then over the course of the experiment, it opens twice more to give the subjects two minutes two minutes each time for verbal and nonverbal interactions. So nonverbal would be just kind of staring and looking at each mm-hmm. other and smiling and whatever you want to do. And verbal is you can talk. Okay. Two and afterwards the subjects decided whether they wanted to go on another date with their match. So, and
0: whether they wanted a the plastic end, partition between them
1: next time as well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. for some of them it worked, they were into it. It really was the, it really was the differentiator. Um, so 34% of women said, yeah, we'll take a second date. And 53% of men said, yeah, sure. I'll take a second date. That doesn't surprise us, and right? The, no, 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 it does not. Uh, would you want, care to guess how many, uh, what percentage of time it was mutual that both participants said, yeah, I'll have a second date?
0: Men said at 53, women said at 34, uh,
1: 15. No. You were very close, 17%. Okay, okay, 17%. So very low percentage. But I think that's, you know, that doesn't seem unusual. It's rare right. to have a, a match between I two see. random people. I see, and so then
0: the people that both were interested in going out again, they would take the heart rate information from just those matches. Yes.
1: Gotcha. Exactly. That seems like a very low so here's number, what they though. Determined. It is, it is, but they wanted, they compared that to the people that had no match to see... Uh, you know, if there was any data that they could, you know. It all seems very
0: low, but okay.
1: So, yeah, okay. So smiles, laughter, eye gaze, mimicry of signals. None of that stuff had seemed to have any correlation with reported attraction. No, that stuff is,
0: it can be romantic, but I think that stuff is mostly social. When we're mirroring, it's more like, hey, let's just make sure we're both having a pleasant time.
1: Right, and smiles and laughter can, Always be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and weird, and I'm trying to diffuse the situation. So they found no significant association with any of those uh, behaviors. Okay. Rises and falls in the synchrony of the couple's heart rates and skin conductance did correlate with rising and falling levels of skin
0: conductance. A little electricity between me and you.
1: That's right. Ready to so receive, your heart rate, receive that energy. It's not that your heart rate would like increase or decrease. It would literally fall in sync with right the other person. Right over time. Person. It's
0: just like, okay, now we're... Uh, yeah. Two hearts, they beat as uh, one. Like Bonneau. Like Bonneau Two said. Two
1: hearts. Yes. It was all there all along, right in front of our face. God. Bonneau. And these scientists uh, finally proved uh, the moment that they had shared over a table in no, the laboratory nah. themselves. And their quest mm-hmm. to find a scientific explanation no. for the thing that they that's, could not you can't, explain. That's, listen, finally... that's
0: actually, if it's not true, that's that's actually, it's slander. And you have to, you got to be, you got to be cool about it.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know it to be true, but it just feels yeah, so I right. I swear if, it, if it another pair so of true. scientists
0: comes after us. For ruining their <laughs> reputation in the community, I don't know what I'll do. I, I don't know what I'll true. do.
1: They just—they just—they're just lying to I themselves. Don't think, you know what?
0: what that that's not for you to decide, Jeff.
1: <laughs> move, move. You know what? It's move on to the to next. Decide. No, not move on know. to the next award. How right. dare you? So that's your applied cardiology prize. Next one. This one might okay. be my favorite. This one. Might, there's a lot of really good ones here. Uh, this one might be my my favorite. The literature prize. Okay. This is a prize, an Ig Nobel Prize awarded for analyzing what makes legal documents so difficult to understand, so dumb and obtuse. Uh,
0: it's, I mean, I would imagine I it's this. years of legal tradition, plus people trying to keep, trying to gatekeep uh, the legal system, plus people trying like, plus lawyers trying to justify their value, uh, plus people just genuinely trying to be confusing in contracts. So if anything comes up later on, uh, they can point to the confusing language and interpret it however they want. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, I think you're accurate, but it, it, the stu- this study wasn't about the motivation for uh, it, which is what you're describing. It was the methodology. Like, what is oh, it if if you were to it want so to write
0: the most confusing yes. legal
1: document what
0: terms what jargon exactly. what patterns would you need to use
1: exactly mm. what how would you go about what makes it what is the fun, the, the feature of this writing that makes it so oh that's kind of interesting okay. i like this yes so this is uh, this was awarded to eric martinez francis molica and edward gibson And what they did is they got a database of legal contracts and court documents from between uh, 2018 and 2020. And they compared that with a database of documents in standard English and measured the frequency of a whole bunch of characteristics like words that rarely appear in everyday speech, archaic Hmm. words. Uh, word choice. What kind of words? The use of passive versus active voice. So the kind of kind of words like uh, like aforesaid and herein and to wit. You know things that people don't usually say in right. everyday speak, but is often present in in legal gotcha. writing. Um, and jargon. Uh, these are defined as words that can be replaced by simpler terms without losing nuance okay. and meaning. The use of passive versus active voice, and center embedding. Center embedding. Now, I didn't know what center embedding was, so I looked it up, and this, it turns out, so I'll just cut to the chase here. It turns out that center embedding is the greatest comprehension difficulty for readers. This is the key feature in in um, legal writing that makes it so fucking okay. stupid. And so here's what center embedding is defined as. It's the process of embedding a phrase in the middle of another phrase of the same type, which leads to it being hard to parse. So here is uh, an example of center embedding. If you say, my brother opened the window and the, his wife had closed it, okay? So my brother opened the window, his wife had closed it. Center embedding is... My brother opened the window, the wife had closed. Right, okay, yeah. So, so here's a, a, an example of really obtuse, ineffective embedding. My brother opened the window, the maid the janitor Uncle Bill had hired, had married, had closed. Oh. Which... According to Wikipedia, it's Who's, actually grammatically correct. Who swallowed a fly. It's just really freaking hard to yeah. parse. It is. I mean, yeah,
0: like that.
1: Yes. So you have to, you have to un, un disentangle mm-hmm. it, you know? You know, my brother opened the window that the maid, the janitor Uncle Bill had hired, had married, had closed. Yeah. Dang. So that is, according to the study, the single biggest contribution to why legal it is constantly embedding sub clauses inside larger sentences that you have to freaking go okay what are we still talking yeah. about
0: here and i mean that's and i mean obviously that's done on purpose so when people are trying to parse out these contracts whether you know at the time of signing or later they're open to interpretation or people don't understand exactly what they're signing or you can hide things in it um Right. That is wild. Center. Right. Cent, what is that called? Center, Center embedding. embedding. Center yeah. embedding.
1: We're on to you, fuckers. It's the, yeah, we're on to you, legal assholes. All right, so that is your that is your literature prize. I want to tell you about the biology prize. Okay. Ig Nobel Prize. <laughs> this is awesome. This is a, this is, um, uh, was, was awarded to, uh, Solemary Garcia Hernandez and Glaucho Macado for their study as to whether and how constipation affects the mating prospects of Wait, scorpions. wait, wait, wait. Okay.
0: <laughs> My complaint about this one is not what you think it's going to be. Okay? It is this. Everybody's mating prospects go down when they are constipated. I don't care what species yeah. you are. If you're constipated, I mean, I'm if you're constipated, you're probably less likely to mate. You're probably like, eh, maybe not, maybe not, yeah. that, maybe a little that later. Tracks. Right that now, tracks. feels like not the time yeah. to mate. <laughs> not the sexiest, yeah. not the sexiest time for me, right now.
1: Not a feeling that results in no. lust. But then, I guess know? my second one yeah. is, wow, scorpions get constipated, huh? <laughs> oh. Oh, just wait, Anthony, because this one is mind blowing. This is this is a true Ig Nobel Prize. If there never was one because on the face of it, you go, that's hilarious. Why would anyone spend time studying that? And then you dig in and you go, this is freaking fascinating. So here's the thing about scorpions: Always constipated. A certain. <laughs> certain species uh, of, of scorpions they, they eat all a lot scorpions. of cheese
0: you wouldn't think they eat a lot of cheese but they do <laughs> you're like where do they find and <laughs> that's why it. they wanted to do this this study is because it's like where are you finding this cheese how are yeah. you getting processed yeah. dairy products
1: well and that's the that's the real uh, that's the real irony is that uh, af- after the cheese party is when the most reading right. happens come you know? on so over we're gonna have a fondue tick.
0: Exactly. It's like a it's like a scorpion mixer. We have a fondue. We all put our keys in a bowl. Yeah.
1: You know? Nothing uh nothing uh, female scorpions like more than being wined and oh, dined with cheese. You take a you, you take know? a lady it's, scorpion it's, to the
0: melting pot on her birthday. You uh, know what you I mean? Yeah.
1: That's Uh-huh. If you've ever been to the melting pot, it's like wall It's nothing but scorpions
0: you know? celebrating birthdays. <laughs> scorpions and moms.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh so here's the thing um you probably mm-hmm. are aware that uh scorpions are able to uh, sacrifice their tails when a predator uh, has their tail they can you know their their tail will grow back it'll fall yes. off and grow back. There are certain scorpion species and uh balzani is the is the specific okay. species. That not only sacrifice their tail, but because of their particular anatomy, their entire metasoma, which is the posterior parts of the nervous circulatory and digestive systems, come off. This includes their stinger, their venom gland, and their anus. So to
0: get away from a predator, they they will eject their ass. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like the Starship they Enterprise
0: will... removing the saucer section, a scorpion <laughs> exactly. will simply catapult its ass out into nature. It
1: will, it will run its ass off to get away from a, a fascinating, a predator, literally. But then you've got to regrow yeah. an entire ass. But, well, guess what? Once they have no anus, it's impossible for them to defecate. So they 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 sacrifice this thing to get away from a predator. And 100% of the time, they die of extreme constipation a few so months So why later. is this a thing? Uh, evolution has not eliminated the species so, yet, I so guess. so the
0: scientists but, were trying to figure out why do they live if they can't regrow this? Yes. And they must be able to mate because yes, when, when they're, they're constipated, constipated, because why else would they be alive?
1: Right. This is what I'm talking about. The headline, you go. That's hilarious. Why would anybody study this? And now it's fucking Yo, fascinating. Right? So, okay, <laughs> you're sitting there. You're a scorpion, and
0: you're getting eaten by I yes. I don't know a, a some sort of a snake, a rattler or something. Right? Is that what is that what eats a sto- yeah, scorpion? Right. I don't know. I guess um, or sure. like a or like a guy with a Travel Channel show. <laughs> yes, you know right. you're getting. Some sort of some sort of man who's naked. Yeah, in yeah. He's right like, I'm gonna go around the world, need weird shit, uh, and so he bites into you, yeah. and you eject your butt. <laughs> yes, yes. And you think to yourself, "Oh my gosh, this is this I, I really is a you know, I only have uh, x amount of time to to pass on the family line to accomplish everything I ever wanted. I yeah. I have a certain amount of time. I got
1: to get to that yeah. cheese party. I got to get to that yeah, cheese party. I got right a certain away. amount
0: of time to get my affairs in order yeah and why by right. affairs i mean fucking affairs <laughs> exactly so can yeah. they go to the cheese party when they're yeah. constipated
1: so the first thing they wanted to see was if this loss of the metasoma affects their locomotive ability i.e their running speed can they keep running can they keep Moving at the same speed without a without a, butt and a tail. This it literally accounts for nearly twenty five percent of their total I was body. Gonna mass. Say I
0: don't think I don't know. Can they?
1: That would be wild. Well, the, the, their their initial theory was they lose twenty five percent of their body mass, but they get so constipated that it leads to this gradual increase in body mass. So maybe it's oh, a lot. that's horrifying. <laughs> I know. Well. So they, they thought that the running speed would increase in the short term and decrease as the constipation became severe. <laughs> That's fair. But they disproved that. Not true. The weight loss hypothesis was disproved. Uh, they they uh, dis, uh <laughs> a uh, short, both short and long term experiments with 154 male and female scorpions. They found no effect on running speed after shedding Whoa, your butt.
0: They run just as fast and just as well?
1: Just as fast. Yep. What that means in the short term is they can still actively for, forage for food and still run away from predators. And it also means the males can still hunt for potential mates and sire offspring before succumbing to the inevitable death by constipation. So basically, <laughs> yeah, but
0: but but here's the thing is like is is like the female scorpions know that like if a male scorpion walks up to you at a bar without a tail, they're just looking for one thing. So that's the that's thing. That's true. They got It's on, like no. On the clock. You, know what you what I'm look death constipated to me. <laughs> you're you're saying all the right things, you know. But uh, I think I think you're love bombing yeah. me because you're death constipated.
1: <laughs> Where where's your tail? Ah, it's back there. Are you sure? It's, I'm telling you, know, you it's, it's back it's, there. It's, I don't. Well, see we're an just ass. sitting.
0: We're sitting. I'm around the corner at the bar from you. It's fine. I got it. I got it. Um, yeah. So.
1: My mom said to look out for guys like you without. You got to go in
0: with a, if you're a if you're a male scorpion and you're death constipated. You go in with your buddy, and he waves his tail from behind the bar. You pretend like you pretend yeah. like you don't know each other. He's yeah. your wingman. Yeah, he's your ass man. Dang, I
1: never told you that was my tail. You assumed. But this study, Anthony, has confirmed why these the exact question that you ask, which is how did these creatures survive. Why do they still exist? Why has evolution not eliminated them? Why? Because they're they have no ass, but they can still get it on. Doesn't stop them. Doesn't slow them down. I have
0: no ass, yet I must smash. Uh, look, yeah, I um the famous short story. I think here's, but here's here's what's so. If I was one of these anenterus, whatever's, I would be so mad. That other scorpions got to just disengage their tail.
1: I'd be so yeah, pissed. Right? Yeah, I have to give up my whole give up, asshole and die. For this. And die. And die. Yeah, it's it. It really feels like a lose lose. Yeah, you know. It's just. It's kind of like. Yeah. It, well, it
0: it's just delaying it really the lets you know that it's not. And in this way, it's a good lesson. It really lets you know that it's not. It's not so much you. That is important. You are not the center of the story. The species is the center right. of the story. Go fuck while constipated for the good of all of your kind.
1: <laughs> fuck while constipated. Is that I would is never, that listen,
0: never, absolutely never, <laughs> never. If you told me, if you told me you've got, you've got 48 hours and this may be the last time you ever have sex. You've got to do it while you're super constipated. I'd be like, "Well, goodbye, sex." I'd be like, "The last time I had it was great. Thank you, thank you for all the past sex I've had in my life. I'm sorry, I will not get to have sex yeah. again. This is simply yeah. not happening.
1: It's too, too no, uncomfortable. I'm- yeah, the, I think that this is the old uh, cheese and squeeze. The- you know what I mean? Eat, eat a, eat, eat. <laughs> you get you get funky. All right, we, we there's a there's a number of of other ones. I will. I will only tell okay. you one more. Uh, this, is, uh, this is the last of my favorites. I think you'll appreciate this one as well. This is our Economics okay. Nobel Prize. Uh, this was given to Alessandro Pulcino, Alesso Blondo, and Andrea Rappasarda. The Three tenors. Uh, apologies. Yeah. <laughs> apologies to everyone whose names I have butchered. Uh, so this is wonderful. This is a uh, the economics prize. This is a a mathematical explanation as to why success most often goes to not the most talented people, but the luckiest. Yeah, that's people. that's true. We all know that's true. Well, we didn't have math to tell us uh, exactly why until now. So they uh, they noted in their their paper, their twenty eighteen paper that. Um, The qualities that are most often cited as leading to great success, the qualities that people often cite, which is like intelligence, Mm -hmm, education, mm -hmm. those, uh, or, or, or hard work, intelligence and hard work are really the two intelligence and hard work. Those most often follow a normal Gaussian distribution method around a mean. So your, your normal sort of bell curve. Average IQ is a hundred. But nobody has like a thousand or ten thousand IQ. There's not some crazy outlier of IQ that is so far beyond the mean that it would describe success that is equivalently that far gotcha. beyond the mean. So nobody is like, you are so wildly intelligent that obviously you are a billionaire right. or whatever. That's not that's not how it works. Yeah, sure. These, these intelligence um, measurements, yes, you can be on the, uh, you know, on the far end of the bell curve, but it's not commensurate to the far end of the success curve. And the same thing is with, the same thing occurs with work. Some people work more hours, some people work less, but nobody works a billion times more hours than anybody else. There's no... You know, there's no explanation for, oh, you worked so much harder that that's why you are, you know, right. a thousand Truly, times more Truly, no one has ever worked as many wealthy. hours
0: as you. That's impossible. That's not true. Gotcha. Exactly.
1: But that's not how wealth is distributed. The, the The wealth is distributed not in a Gaussian curve. It is basically a whole bunch of poor people and very, very few exceedingly right. wealthy people. Right. Which is not how it maps to either of the factors that we attribute to
0: right. We're, we're talking wealth. about like, we're talking about the myth of the meritocracy. Hard. This is something we're all very yeah. We exactly.
1: get this yeah exactly. So they're saying that the hidden ingredient is random luck. Mm. That literally, you are much more likely. Great success is much more likely to come from things that you have zero control over i.e. your education your income level your uh where you were born in what culture you were born yeah it's being in the right place at the right time
0: you you and i are both uh white men that were born in the united states of america in the uh in the late 20th century and that was Pretty much the best place to be born and the best set of circumstances to be born under. So we're automatically given a better life than a lot of people around the world. The guy who grew up next door to me uh, came into a family that had a lot less, a lot more money to begin with, right? Got to do more things than me early on because that's luckier. You know what I mean? That's that, uh, it's that privilege thing that we're always talking about.
1: And that does not discount hard work or intelligence, those things no, are No, everything factors, I've done is based but, on merit. By, <laughs> but by far, by yeah. far, the more, the bigger factor is literally things that you have zero control over or impact.
0: I like uh, that they frame this life. as luck. And because I think this is something that a lot of people have been trying to say for a long time. And I, it, and I think that the, the brilliance of this study is not the study itself because there are – There's a lot of data that has proven this. And, you know, you, you can just look at the, you know, we've, we've had statistics and censuses and all kinds of stuff from all around the world forever. You can go right, you can go online right now and you can look at the average, you know, the average personal wealth of any country. You can look at the average, uh, you know, lifespan of any country. You can look at all of this stuff, right? Various different populations within that country. It can all be broken down. Um, and I think the thing is people are really, people are really against the idea that they didn't work for stuff. They didn't get it because they, because they deserve it, all of this stuff. And they also don't want to think that they live in an unfair society or that they contribute to this unfair society. So I think, you know, instead of saying something like, it's interesting because instead of saying something like privilege, which is the term that most people use these days, privilege is a term that now has a, a political weight to it and there's a certain there's right. a certain population that if you say the word privilege they immediately shut down they're like oh check your privilege they just reject right. that notion but if you yes. say like yeah. it's luck if you say there's a certain would you agree that there's a certain amount of luck yes okay well would you agree that being born uh, in this country instead of this country is lucky? Yes. And if you can draw people along that line of logic, I think it's very interesting. And I wonder how far some of those people that are against this will follow you down that line, you know?
1: Yeah, I think it's a, and and it lays it out in a, you know, in a sort of dispassionate mathematical way, which is, I think, why it won the Ig Nobel Prize here. It's, It's, I think this is, it's not in the sort of personal narrative sense, it's like abstracted and data. It's just like, look, this is how it is. There's one line that I'd love for you to help me parse. It says, the native, excuse me, the naive meritocracy that's so pervasive in Western culture essentially switches cause and effect.
0: Oh, yeah, so, um, so... uh, uh,
1: we the naive, the, the naive meritocracy would say you're, you, the harder you work, the more successful yeah. you'll be, right? So switching cause and effect, so the cause would be the the hard work, and the effect would be success. But the reality is, the success, as you get more
0: success, you probably you probably work a little more because you're. Be, yeah, right. I mean, I, I get what they're saying. It's like it's very well, and by reversing cause and effect. I think they might also be saying like in hindsight, do you know what I mean? They right, might be looking, right. they might be yeah. looking at the effect and, and deciding like, okay, so I'm and Elon Musk. I, oh, I'm sorry. I, I nearly vomited that. when I said that. I'm Elon Musk and <laughs> I yeah. look at all of my success and then I look back and I think about, uh, long nights I spent at the office yeah. or maybe, uh, Marriages I destroyed that I've had to pay people off, or, you know, but I think hard work. I think about all the hard work. Um, and I decide that I don't need to acknowledge that I'm from an extremely wealthy family because that had nothing to do with it. I don't need to acknowledge that I, uh, that I was simply a tech investor and not somebody who built this product. I don't need to do that. I can say that it was my hard work. And my business savvy that brought me here. Meanwhile, yeah. for those of us who don't wake up on a pile of emeralds, yeah, right. In a country yeah. that has, uh, in a country that has literally set you up as a ruling class, because yeah, remember, there was still apartheid when he was a kid. He got it good. Um, right. It's easy to look back and be like, yeah. oh. It's the bootstraps thing. It's like, well, I did it. Yeah, cool. Yeah.
1: I think I think there may be an element too. And uh, now that I'm thinking about it too, is 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 defining success as being you were successfully lucky. Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean. That you that it, it has it backwards because you say, well, my success comes from my work, and it's like, well, no, the success came first. You were you won. Yeah. You were successful in. The lottery of birth. Right, right. <laughs> you know? It's it's like one of those
0: things where it's like, there's, there's a gag here in LA for people in the industry where it's like, um, when you hear about like a new actor that's doing a lot of stuff, you're like, wait for it, wait for it. And then it's like nine <laughs> times out of 10. I'm not saying everybody who becomes famous, but like nine times out of 10, they come from some Hollywood industry family already. You know what I mean? And people right, who right. get famous, but yeah. at the same time, you know, if you get spotted in some or, or you go into a, you get an audition and you're not great, you're not going to get it anyway. You know what I mean? It's like, so there right. is the hard work is there. And I, and I think that, you know, what these people right. seem to be saying is like, no, you need to be good and you need to work hard and like that stuff. But, you know, don't think that that stuff entitles you to success or that success naturally comes from that. And I think that's the thing that we need to dismantle. About American culture in particular, is this um, just work hard and you'll be whatever you want? I don't. I don't like yeah. telling kids that. I, I like telling kids right. work hard at whatever you enjoy, so you become better at it. You know, you'll become yeah. you can become yeah. really good at what you want to do if you do it all the time and you do it with a lot of love. But I never. But I never right. want to attach that to the idea of monetary success or a vocation. Um, because I think that's, I think that is setting somebody up for a lifetime of heartbreak. Um, I think one of the reasons that I still do the things that I do is because my, my mother was very good at never promising that sort of thing. You know what I mean? She's like, I love that you love this. And if you can make a career out of it, I think that's great. I think it's going to be hard, but I think you're wonderful at it. You know what I mean? That was the kind of person she always yeah, was.
1: I think that's wise. Uh, but the idea yeah. that,
0: um, and people like to be, simplify it to, oh, kids are entitled. Kids are just too entitled. But it's that we as a society, particularly in America, just lie to them. We lie to them. Go to college and you'll get a good job. Work you hard do. and you'll be able to do this. You can do anything you want one day. Right. You can't do anything you want one day. Yeah. I don't need to tell you that you're going to suck at something, but I c- certainly shouldn't tell you that you could be anything you want. You know, if your kid says, I want to be an astronaut, you go, oh, that's so cool. Do you want to learn about space? Let's go learn about space. You don't say you'll be an astronaut. I guarantee it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Right. You know? Yeah. Because you're already It's not. Right. It's that, it's that, um,
0: (laughs) it's, it's that Protestant, it's that Protestant country that we live in. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. we were, we were built on that where it's like work is virtue, um, and so it's it's yeah. so ingrained into everything we do, and that's why I, that's why I love a paper like this that goes, "Behold, work is not virtue; virtue is virtue." Right? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Serendipity is the most important factor, and I don't think we yeah. would.
0: Yeah, and anyway. I don't think we. I, I, I'm sorry. I, you, I hate to get on my my socialist soapbox, but uh, but you know, well. I, I but I also just think that like. Um, Damn, I forget. I got hit by a truck.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That is the, uh, those are the Ig Nobel Prizes. There are a, a number more. I, I urge everybody to check out the website. Somebody built a, uh, uh, a crash test dummy in the shape of a moose it. to test how you hit m- mooses and meeces. Uh Somebody found a, a way to, that ice cream can help cancer mm. patients. Um, why Why ducks uh, swim in a line. You know, uh, there's a there's a lot of really cool stuff here. So check it out. We love the Ig Nobel prizes here at We Have Concerns. Those were just my favorites, but man, there's there's a treasure trove of interesting and and bizarre and humorous uh, studies that people got uh, real human dollars uh, and spent real human hours of their lives. Uh, Speaking
0: on. of spending real human dollars and real human hours of your lives, um, hey, have you been spending real human hours of your lives listening to this show? Why not head to our Patreon and uh, help support it and help support what we do? We'll give you some good stuff. If you head to patreon.com slash we have concerns uh, and give just a dollar a month, we'll give you access to the discord. It's like the Ig Nobel prizes
1: every day up in there. Oh, it's so it, true. It's so true. People pointing out awesome stories, talking about their lives. Also, if you get a go a little bit higher in the uh, support level on Patreon, you'll get the conversations that we have to start every episode. This week is one worth the price of admission alone. <laughs> Anthony tells the entire story of being hit by a truck, which he just uh, obliquely referenced, but it's a real story and it's real interesting, and you probably want to hear it. Yeah. He tells the whole thing. You can find out uh, the whole story by going to Patreon.com/slash. The crux of concerns. it is I'm never going to die. Yeah, I think he, he drew the wrong lessons mm-hmm. personally. But the you crux have to of hear it is that I will
0: live forever and nothing can kill me, not even a truck. That's one interpretation.